Welcome to the Christian Faith Fellowship Church podcast. We are a church that believes in praying, going, and life-changing discipleship in Jesus. We are so glad you've joined in for this message. If you enjoy what you hear, follow us to stay connected with our future updates and podcasts. Here's our Wednesday night refire service, Expect Divine Appointments. Grab a Bible and a notebook and get ready to learn. Here we go. Well, hey, God bless everybody. Are you ready for word time? Here we go. We are going to get into this message tonight. I am so blessed to be able to bring it to you. And I just pray that the Lord speaks through me to each and every one of you tonight. Welcome to church. Let's go ahead and partake of the goodness that he has for us. My title for tonight is Expect Divine Appointments. And I really, it's one of those things that really has spoken to my heart lately. Um, It's an amazing thing that when we step out, many times things come at us that are unexpected and unanticipated, but we're to be ready to meet them wherever they are. And I wrote this the other day, and I really, it really spoke from my heart, and I hope you could receive it. I love having divine appointments. We never know when or how God will use us. Just be ready, in season and out. Church is not the building. The building is a place to gather together in God's community. Be ready to be the church to someone that needs God's community wherever they are. Love the brothers and sisters, and I'll take that even a step further from what I originally wrote. Be willing to love those that are in the world that they can see Jesus in you. In 2 Timothy in chapter 4, in verses 2 through 3, in the Passion Translation, and I pray that you're going to look that up, 2 Timothy 4, 2 and 3, And you can bring up your translation, whatever you're using, but the passion really spoke this out really amazingly to me. And what this basically declares in the words of the Apostle Paul is proclaim the word of God and stand upon it no matter what. Rise to the occasion and preach when it is convenient and when it is not. Preach in the full expression of the Holy Spirit with wisdom and patience as you instruct and teach the people. For the time is coming when they will no longer listen and respond to the healing words of truth because they will become selfish and proud. They will seek out teachers with soothing words that line up with their desires saying just what they want to hear. That scripture speaks so much to me because when I'm out and about, and I know you guys are used to seeing me here at church, but when I'm out and about, I pray for divine appointments. And I have to tell you, I get stretched a lot. In fact, this morning I got stretched again. It happens. It's be ready in season and out. But sometimes even when you're ready, 
it still catches you across the knees in an unexpected way. But here's something that I found. I pray for divine appointments. I'm out there. I never know who I'm going to see, where I'm going to see them, or what they're going to have to say or ask. I never know what I'm really going to respond to them. But I found out a little clue and a little key. If I tell the truth and I speak according to the word of God, it usually soothes things that they're going through. See, I have to be honest with you when it speaks there about be willing and able to share the truth. Well, the only real truth that I know in this world right now is the Word of God. And I'll be very transparent here. There are times when pastor shares the Word of God. And I sit in whatever chair I'm able to get to, and every once in a while, my mind goes into offense mode. Anybody ever been there, sitting there and hear that word? I have. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. That was aimed right at me. What the heck was that? Wow. Doesn't he know how hard I'm working? Doesn't he know what I'm doing? Doesn't he know? And then I have to take that thought captive. I have to work in that thought and say, okay, Holy Spirit, there's obviously something going on here that Bob needs to learn and Bob needs to receive the correction of. See, I can tell you this for me. Right now, I'm speaking to I don't know how many people and I don't have a clue of what you might be going through. I really don't. Some of you, because of prayer requests and things like that, I know things that are coming against you, but I don't know the whole story. But yet, God uses his word through us to speak to the things you're going through and tell you the things you need to hear. The correction from the Lord is always in love. It's always meant to encourage you and edify you and sometimes to take you like those little trains that we used to have when we were kids and put you back on the right track. See, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. And like I said, I've been in stores and just stopped at the store for something and ended up there talking to a brother or a sister or even an unbeliever for an hour or more and just being able to love on them and speak into their lives. And I had no clue I was going to have that appointment. I just had one of those appointments on Sunday after church was over for several hours. And it was just a matter of I walked into a place where somebody really needed a listening ear and then they needed somebody else to just speak into their lives and pray for them and their family. You know, it's an amazing thing. If we open ourselves to that, God uses us. And... I know what the devil does. The devil lies to you. The devil and your mind. Oh, yeah, but Reverend Bob, I'm not you. You're trained. You're equipped. You're anointed. You're whatever you want to call me. I don't mind. 
But you know, at the same time, so are you. That's why we put the Word of God in our hearts all the time. That's why we pray. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. Why do we have the Holy Spirit in us? He is our comforter, our paraclete, our go-between. He's our teacher. He's the one that when you go to speak to somebody, you may not even have a verse in mind. In fact, I'll be honest with you, half the time when I run into people, I don't even have an intent to have to need a verse. But yet, when I need it, it comes out of the well. It comes out of that well. Remember what Jesus said to us? He said, out of you will flow rivers of living water. Well, what is the river of living water? It is the word of God as it comes forth and speaks into people's situations. And that's where we come from. That's where that divine appointment comes. You don't know when you might run into it. You know, I can be honest with you. I run into divine appointments almost every single day that I'm out and about. That's why sometimes I need a day just to sit at home, keep to myself, and not go out because I need time to recharge my own battery sometimes. You know, and it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. See, Jesus told us something. In Mark 16, 9 through 18 in the New King James, it says, now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him. I want you to catch that. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had, seen, uh, had been seen by her, they did not believe. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. It really hit me as I was reading those scriptures and studying them that here's Mary Magdalene. She goes and tells the ones that were with Jesus. Okay, I don't know about you guys, but there's been times when I've said, boy, I wish I could have lived during Jesus' time and walked with him and been with him and touched him, and seen him. And then I think more, wow, how much more blessed am I now 
and I've never seen him face to face. I've never touched him once physically, and yet I believe fully. Mary Magdalene goes to them. Why would they think that she would be lying? Because if they didn't believe, that's basically what it came to. How could they not know, after walking with Jesus for three years, that what he had said was going to come true? And she goes and she tells them, he's risen. Yeah, right. Sure, Mary. It was that pepperoni pizza last night that you had, or whatever it might have been. And they turn around and they discount it. Then he appears to two disciples on the road. They go to him and they say the same thing. And then again, oh, come on, give me a break. You guys are just making this up. These are the ones that walked with Jesus for three years. They saw the miracles. They saw all the things that he did. And then finally, he appears to them. And what does he do? He does the things that have the thing that offends so many of us, he corrects them for their unbelief. In other words, he takes their train and puts it back on the track. And then he instructs them, go into all the world, preach the gospel, baptizing and discipling people. Signs and wonders will follow you. Okay, what is the difference between us and them, other than the physical manifestation of Jesus. Nothing. We're to do those very things. But, but I'm not eloquent of speech. That's really an amazing statement when people say that to me. I just don't know what to say. I, I, I'm getting stuttering. I, I'm all, and I'm like, uh-huh, you sound like Moses. When God said to Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh, and I want you to tell him, and Moses said, but I'm not eloquent of speech. I stutter. I stammer. I do all these things. What, what's going on? And, you know, I have to tell you something. If God guides, he provides. He's going to bring the words out of you. The Holy Spirit lives within you, and if you put the words in, they're going to come out of your heart. I don't know about anybody else here, but I know I've had it happen to me. I start talking to somebody, and all of a sudden a scripture comes out of me that I wasn't even contemplating, that I may not have read for years. And it comes out, and I just stand there sometimes, and it takes me a second, and I just look at it, and I go, where'd that come from? It came from the well. When you fill the well the well will flow. But don't wait for it to flow. Help it to flow all the time. I practice the Word of God constantly. I don't just read it. I listen to it. And I don't just listen to it or read it. I speak it, if to nobody else, to myself. Why? I found out this morning. I need encouragement. Sometimes you get wrapped across the bottom of your legs in a spiritual way, and it just about takes you out. You need a little encouragement to get through it. Well, if there's nobody else there, who's going to encourage you? The Word of God, the Holy Spirit. But what's fun is 
when he encourages you, and I find this to be true. I'm praying now, okay, Lord, what's the next divine appointment when I'm going to be able to share what you did with me this morning and watch it encourage somebody else? See, that's what the joy is. It's being prepared to share with somebody else and build them up. My next scripture is 1 Peter 3, 8 through 12. And there's something that I need to tell you, and I've been seeing it in a really weird way lately. See, we need to remember we're of one mind. We're of one body. We're all together in this. And if we don't stay together and keep building each other up, we're going to tear each other down, and we're going to tear each other apart. In 1 Peter 3, 8 through 12, it says, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. And I got to be honest, that sometimes is very hard. And his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. You know, and I have to be honest with you. I like to encourage people, and I like to lift people up. I like to speak words of encouragement and edification to unify the body. But I hear and I see a lot of places where people are just, I don't know what they're doing. They throw stuff out there that instead of a divine appointment, it's almost like, wow, what are you thinking? Tearing that other person apart because they disagree with your opinion. I can be in disagreement with somebody and not be disagreeable. I've learned that over the years. Do I slip sometimes when things really come against me? Yes. When I feel like somebody is undermining me purposely or something like that, it's very hard sometimes to speak words of love. So I'm learning something brand new, and it's hard for Brother Bob. I'm learning to be quiet and not respond. Walk away from the situation and give it some time. Why is that? Because I want to be an encourager, not a discourager. I want to be a unifier, not a divider. I want to be one that multiplies the body, not divides the body. There's things in this world that are just not worth us getting our opinion out there about. There's other times when we have that divine appointment where we can be the one to orchestrate the healing words of God in somebody's life. Okay? The thing about that is it's not always convenient. 
Anybody ever been in a situation that it's not my time? I have. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I, I can't say it enough. In myself, I'm not strong. In myself, I'm not equipped a lot of times. In myself, I want to lash out sometimes. But nevertheless, I'm leaning on God, and the same grace that he gives me, I'm trying to give to other people. Why is that? People respond to grace, love, mercy, compassion, empathizing. They respond to those things. Let me ask you a question. What's your response when somebody gets frustrated with you and raises their voice or gets downright ugly? I know for me, it's very hard for me because I want to respond in like, but I'm learning to try to be gracious and let God speak through me and show his grace and that love and mercy that I may not even feel at that moment. We have a hurting society and a hurting world around us. And rather than being part of it, we need to stand above it and show other people how to stand above it. Remember, it's the power of Christ that rests upon us and flows through us. And here's another one. I love this one. Have you ever been in a place where you feel like your joy level's just not there? Well, I found out something. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 2 through 5, and this is the Apostle Paul again, saying, And sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith that no one should be shaken by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. For in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation, just as it happened and you know, for this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. What is he saying here? That by their encouraging the saints and their encouraging others, even though the afflictions and the trials and the tribulations and everything else came on them, they had the joy of knowing that they were able to build somebody else up in the midst of their struggle. You know, I can relate to this. A couple of years ago, I'm, I'm just looking at the time frame now, okay? The person I loved in my life went home to the Lord, and I was very discouraged. 
I was without joy for a short, and I like to say that, short season. It seemed like a long time. So what did I do to reestablish the joy? Well, first of all, the joy of my salvation never left me. I never looked at, oh, I lost my salvation. It went away. Oh, my goodness. But the joy that I received from that just wasn't there. I was wrapped in that grieving blanket for a while. So what did I do? I started to encourage other people. I started to speak out of my own tribulation into what they may be going to. I started to speak the encouragement of Almighty God over them, reminding them of something. Jesus loves you. His compassion, his love, his empathizing, his mercy, it's all there for you. And as I was raising other people up, my joy started to return. I started to find the joy in serving and the joy in having to reach down into that well and pull up what had tried to just remain dormant because of my own hurt. And I tell that to people a lot. Are you hurting? Well, do yourself a favor. Start to encourage somebody else. Try to speak to them. What happens is it doesn't blind us to what's going on. Okay? I still have my moments. But what it does is it starts to unfocus you from self and focus you on the other person's needs. And that's believers and unbelievers. You guys know I'm involved with the fire department. You know what I try to do almost every day? I try to call up at least somebody from the fire department and encourage them. Build them up. Why? The world's knocking them down too. It's knocking down the people around us. It's knocking down the person in the store you may not know. You don't know if they're a believer or not. Here's the great joy that I have. I have the hope of my salvation. I have the joy of Jesus in my heart. I don't know how people can walk through this world without that. When they have no anchor, they have nothing to hold them, to hold on to. So when the things come, all of a sudden they're out there and they're like the people that were left behind in Afghanistan. We're abandoned. Boy, how much more? to be able to speak into a life like that and encourage them that our God has never abandoned them. That if they'll turn to him, Jesus will come into their heart. And see, that really brings joy because I can tell you something. In Luke 12, it says that for this reason, the heavens rejoice. Well, they're not the only ones that rejoice when somebody turns their heart to the Lord. I rejoice too for every salvation that I hear of, for every salvation that I see. It encourages me and builds my joy level. There's days when I leave places like the nursing home and the hospital and I'm dancing. And people look at me like, how can this guy go into that place and come out of there the way he does? Because 
Somebody just gave their heart to the Lord. And now I'm rejoicing with heavenlies. And trust me, okay, it's not me. It's the Spirit of God in me that does these things. And then, comfort others in our suffering. In 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast because we know that as you are partakers of the suffering, so also you will partake of the consolation. I got to be really blunt. What that basically says to me is, no matter what I'm going through, God's going to give me consolation. Somebody's going to come alongside of me, or several people are, to try to encourage me. Well, not for anything, but I want to spread that consolation to others. I want to spread that joy to others. I want to spread that encouragement and that salvation to others. And how much more glorious for the Lord is that? I pray today that you start to look up and say, Lord, I want divine appointments, whether it be at school, whether it be in ShopRite, whether it be in a restaurant, I want divine appointments. Whether it be on the golf course, give me a divine appointment that I can speak the love, the mercy, and the consolation of Almighty God to somebody who needs it. And I'm going to guarantee you, the day that you see that take place in somebody else, where you see them walk away, where they walked in crestfallen, and you see them walk away with joy in their heart and a jump in their step and a smile on their face, it's going to encourage your heart. It's going to replace that joy or build that joy in you. And I pray that you have many of those appointments. I hope you got something out of this message that you can hold on to, and I really pray that I brought it forth in a manner that didn't put you under any stress, but rather raised that stress off of you. And Father, I just thank you right now. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you that your encouragement is immense, that you love us and you care about us. I thank you, Lord God, that we have a hope and we have a joy. We have the anchor of Jesus Christ in our life. And Lord, tonight, I just want you to reach into people's hearts. I feel this unction to pray tonight. 
So if any of you are feeling intimidated by the enemy, that you can't fulfill this divine appointment, then just stretch your hands out to your screen tonight. And I'm going to pray for you. Father, right now, I curse the lies of the enemy. I pray that the Holy Spirit raises up courage within the hearts of each and every one of these people. Holy Spirit, speak through them as they speak for you. And Lord, help them to carry forth that spirit of encouragement and that spirit of love. I pray that the grace of God flows through each one of your people and that they're able to reach out to friends, family members, or even people they've never met before. And that, Lord, the spirit of fear and intimidation is broken in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that they go forth to share your word in Jesus' name. Amen. And everybody, if you've never asked a Jesus that encourages into your heart, then I want to give you that opportunity. The word of God is so clear. The only ones who can mess it up are us. And he says in his word that if we profess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead and we call on his name, we shall be saved. And it also says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So I would just ask you if you would repeat a simple prayer with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I call on the name of Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross. I believe that he rose on the third day. And I thank you that the same resurrection power that lived through Jesus, that rose him from the dead, now lives in me. Lord, I repent of my sins, and I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you, Lord, that you accept me tonight into your kingdom just as I am, but you don't leave me as I am. And I thank you for this now in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time or you've prayed it before and you haven't been living it, then would you just please be so bold as to call our office 973-209-7786 or email revbob at cffchurch.org and we'll make sure that you get a little pack of information and we'll go ahead and pray for you and share with you. And I thank you for your time tonight. I want to bless you very quickly. And Lord, I thank you that your people are the head and not the tail 
above only and not beneath, that in all their ways and endeavors they are blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved. And Lord, we thank you that we send them forth with a blessing from your kingdom, and we glorify you for this word in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everybody. God bless you. Good night.